Today's guest is Lori Blinn. In 2017, Lori had a life-changing near-death experience, and today we're going to learn about it. Lori, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome. Hi, Jeff. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I really enjoy your podcast, and uh, I'll uh, begin telling you about my NDE experience. I purchased, I want to give a little background first. I purchased a mobile home in 2015. It was my first home. I never owned a home. And, uh, and that's where things started for my NDE. Uh, My near death experience occurred from toxic mold exposure in my home. Um, So within two years of being in the home, uh, there were four major water leaks. With the last one, uh, hot water flooded the kitchen in the bedroom uh, from a pipe burst under the kitchen sink. Um, and I was getting sicker and sicker, and I had over 40 symptoms, and doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. No one, uh, no test would show that anything was wrong with me. It showed I was in perfect health. So um, my NDE, just prior to my NDE, my doctor and I figured out that it was mold in my home making me sick, my new primary care doctor. And this was, I'm going to say, October of 2017. And uh, she told me in order to get better, I had to leave my home and everything in it as though it had been on fire because it literally was on fire from mold toxins. So I had put together a document uh, for her explaining that any time I'd felt sick for the past 10 years, there had been either mold or water damage where I lived. So on uh, November 28th of 2017, I was very, very, very sick. And I had made plans to move to a new apartment on December 2nd. Um, and so I was cooking in the kitchen and I was very, very sick. That's where the water leak was. It was underneath the kitchen sink and I was being poisoned by a mold called catomium and didn't know it. So I was cooking, uh, and very, very sick. And all of a sudden something, something came to me and, uh, pushed me to turn around and I heard turn around. And there was no one in the house but me. And I never heard a voice in my head in my life. So I turned around. And then I heard, look up. And I said, and so I looked up at the wall. And I said, okay, what am I looking at out loud? It was as though someone was talking to me. And I was not concerned. The voice was very calm, very soothing. And when I looked up, I saw that all the pictures I had high up on the kitchen wall, the gold uh, inset of the frame frames had turned black from the moisture and mold in the home. And so my jaw dropped and I, uh, I then realized I just went and then I heard now get out very firmly, now get out. I had already packed a small bag that I was taking and I walked to the bedroom to get the bag. And as I was walking back through the kitchen, I almost didn't make it out of the house. I was almost going to die on my kitchen floor. 
So I made it out of the house to the deck and I called uh, uh, my partner and I said, uh, no one is going to stay in the home anymore after today. We're going to a motel. And uh, so I made arrangements for the motel, but I didn't realize the motel was under construction for mold remediation. So I went from one poison environment to the next poison environment. So for four days, we stayed in that motel. We didn't take anything with us but our clothes in garbage bags that we were going to sanitize and wash in vinegar and borax, uh, which is what you do to try to get mold toxins out of your clothes. And so we moved to that new apartment on December 2nd, and my NDE occurred on December 3rd of 2017. What happened on December 2nd was um, my stepson took a shower while I was doing the laundry. And um, I went down to the basement and I looked up and I saw that, well, I looked down, saw the puddle of water on the floor and I looked up and I saw that the whole ceiling had lit up with black mold. And my neck swelled up and I got sicker. And I then realized that this apartment had been completely previously water damaged and had been renovated. So I called the landlord and I told them my situation and they said, well, Lori, but you were already sick from mold. I said, yeah, but this is a different mold and I'm even sicker. So what I did was I decided to go back to the motel room. I couldn't stay in this apartment. It was even worse than my home. So I went back to the motel room and I, I sleep with a CPAP. Um, I believe that many of my illnesses may have been caused by a lifetime of mold exposure without realizing it. So I was exhausted, completely exhausted from this whole moving experience and, uh, and being as sick as I was. And uh, I finally got to bed maybe about three o'clock in the morning and I realized that the motel was just as bad. And then my NDE happened. Um, I went to sleep and all of a sudden I woke up, but I wasn't awake. I was in the black void. And it was vast, vast. And I didn't sense anything behind me. It wasn't like I had any 360 vision. I was just sort of, I didn't feel like I was standing there. It felt like I was floating there. Um, and I then realized that I was not breathing, that I didn't have to breathe, not just that I wasn't breathing, but that I didn't have to breathe. And as I'm looking around this void, it just was endless, but I could see um, it almost looked like a, uh, a, um, a, uh, graphic drawing of a, like a building, like, a um, a building design. I could sort of see lines that delineated the, the lower portion from the upper portion. Um, so what happened then was, um, I started trying to figure out where I was. I was saying, where am I? And uh, I knew I was no longer on earth. I knew I didn't need to breathe. 
it felt like a very, very thick oil or black velvet that I was in. It was thick atmosphere. It was, there was a feeling to it um, of uh, that. I almost as though you're, I was in a, a vat of crude oil. Um, and right at that time, I started to get scared. Um, I started to get very scared. I, I knew I, I didn't actually think I'm dead, but I actually knew I, my thought was more, I'm, I know I'm not on earth anymore. And so, um, just at that time, so I don't think I was there very long. It was, it was pretty brief experience. Um, but at that time, uh, I heard wake up and I woke up. I really woke up back on earth. I didn't have a feeling of going back into my body. Um, but I, I knew uh, that something had happened. And my first two thoughts were, that was real. And that was not good. And so I was supposed to go to work. But instead, I got out of the motel room quickly. And I hit the gas. And I drove to the emergency room and my primary care doctor and my allergist had told me to try to ask for the environmental specialist at a facility we have here at a specialized hospital. So I drove to the emergency room, but I was a mess. Literally at this point in time, I had skin sores covering my entire body from the mold exposure. Um, and I, I, my skin was orange. I looked like I was dying. And so I went to the emergency room and I asked for the environmental specialist, but they weren't believing that I died from mold exposure. And so they brought in a team of psychiatrists and uh, I said, no, I said, I'm sick from mold and I want to see the environmental specialist. And I walked out and I got in my car and I tried to leave the hospital. And as I was going down the hill, I was surrounded by hospital police and I, uh, they brought an ambulance and I was showing them pictures of mold on my phone and they said, we know you're sick from mold. And I said, I know I'm not getting out of here without going with them. So I said, if you don't tow my car, I'll come with you back up to the hospital. So I got in the ambulance and I was brought back into the room with about 10 to 12 people in the room. And they said, are you going to take this shot voluntarily? And I said, absolutely not. And I looked every one of them in the eye and I said, what you, 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 and you are doing is wrong. I'm really sick from mold and I'm dying from it. And the next thing they shot me with a shot of Haldol and Ativan and I woke up in the psychiatric ward. So, I signed a piece of paper saying I was involuntarily committed, and which would provide with me a, a lawyer. Uh, so they called uh, my significant other, they called my doctor, they called my allergist, and they all said, yeah, she's very sick and dying from mold. And on the second, third day, the lawyer walked in and the doctor, who had not talked to me at all while I was inside this facility, which may have saved my life because the environment was very clean. So while I was there, I sort of recovered a bit. Um, I uh, felt good in there. There was only one room I 
wasn't able to go in where I could sense mold. Um, it was a room full of books. So I was able to, as soon as that lawyer came, the doctor said, we don't need to keep you here, Lori. I said, no, you're right. You don't. And I was angry because I'd missed work and I had an appointment with a lawyer and I had an appointment uh, to get my home and the apartment I moved to tested for mold because I was very angry that this person did not disclose water damage to me when I had specifically said I have a severe, severe mold allergy. Um, so ever since that experience, um, I, uh, I moved four times in one year. The next apartment I moved to, they hid mold underneath the linoleum in the kitchen sink and the skin on my legs became very, very bad. So I was only there one month. And then uh, my, I moved again to another apartment and I knew something wasn't right. Um, I came home one day. I was not using, it was a brand new renovated apartment once again. And I came home and I put the groceries on the counter and my back tingled and indicated there was mold behind me. And I opened the dishwasher, which hadn't been used, and it was full of mold. They installed it incorrectly and the sink had been backing up into the dishwasher. So every time it would rain, the rain was washing up against the windows on this building. And my hand got deformed from mold. If you can see them, they are these three fingers are okay, but my hands deformed from mold exposure. That happened in the first apartment I moved to. It literally happened overnight. Um, I saw it happen and I took a picture of my hand. I said, is that really happening? And so um, my hand was telling me that there was mold underneath that window. Well, I came home from work one day and there was a man removing aluminum siding from underneath the windows and the wood and the pink insulation was black. There were no gutters on these some maybe 40 buildings. So all the buildings were getting the rain washed into the aluminum siding and they were full of mold. So I did get to see the environmental specialist I was asking for. I made an appointment at the same hospital. Um, and he diagnosed me with mold exposure. I brought the mold tests from my home in the apartment. And I also had two blood tests done by a naturopath that he told me to go see for TGF-beta-1 and C4A. These are inflammation markers. They usually correlate to mold, although it's not scientifically proven. The uh, numbers should be about 2,800 and mine were at 12,000. And I, I already knew I was sick from mold. So he then diagnosed me. He, he first put mold allergy and then I said, no, you're going to call this what this is. This is toxic mold exposure. So after that, the test, test results and, and reviewing my 40 symptoms, he diagnosed me with mold exposure. Now, this particular um, hospital knows all about mold illness because they wrote a big paper after Katrina in New Orleans. And they know all about how sick people get from it. But mold is like the big elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about or recognize. So um, so I was able to get out of that lease by taking pictures of the aluminum siding and 
giving them the letter that this doctor had written me that states that I can no longer be in moldy or water damaged buildings of any kind ever. So, um, so I started to, um, I, I was still felt like I had one foot here and one foot not here for a very long time. I became electromagnetic, magnetic sensitive. I went to work one day just when I got to a safe apartment in October of 2018, uh, my work installed a three-ton HVAC on the roof and it didn't need to be replaced. And I hung my head down and I said, no, please don't. Well, the water came into the building at work and I got sicker. And uh, that doctor said I could wear an N95 mask. He gave me a letter. So I was wearing N95 masks to stay alive. Um, before they became popular because of COVID. Um, and, you know, I was wearing a respirator mask in that first apartment. It turns out all the electric meters for that building were under my kitchen floor. I was getting heart palpitations. I was taking nitro to stay alive every night before I could finally get out of there. So for a long time, I felt this way. And when I was driving after it had rained at work and I knew the mold was there. I drove between two cell towers and I felt my soul trying to leave my body while I was driving. And I looked up and I said, God, really right now I'm driving. <laughs> and so, um, I lived with experience. I mean, it's, I kept telling my significant other, I feel light. I feel light. And I kept pointing to my, my legs up to my head saying, you know, I feel light and that's all I could keep saying. So once I did get out of mold, I started to get better. And that's when I started to um, research NDE experiences. And I came across Tina Angeli, who lives here uh, where I do in Connecticut. And uh, she said that they had an international association for near-death studies at UConn, which is the hospital I went to. So the hospital I went to knows about mold and they know about near-death experiences, yet they committed me to the cycle. So I did have a lawyer, but eventually nothing happened. Um, so, um, so I met Tina and the group in Farmington and I started to um, become friends and, and join the meetings. And uh, I felt it was very interesting because I still wasn't sure what had happened to me. And uh, all of a sudden I started to realize, yeah, we don't die when we die. We're immediately, your consciousness is fully awake and you know, you're not here. And I believe I wasn't there long enough to see the pinpoint of light that people talk about. I believe I was told to wake up just like I was told in my home, get out now. Um, so I met Tina and I also went to see a medium uh, just one time. And I wanted to know who was it who came to me in my home. And she told me it was Azriel, the angel of death. And I told her nothing at all. And I said, well, that makes perfect sense <laughs> because I was about to die. Um, so Tina has a um, labyrinth on her property that she built. So ever since this experience and going to see Tina, I've developed a gift. Um, and this gift is unique. Um, 
I went to see Tina and I wanted to walk her labyrinth to meditate and to try to um, let go of what had happened to me. I abandoned the mobile home. I lost all my money. I had nothing left. I abandoned my belongings and the home. I just walked away from it because by the time I went back to it to see about remediating it, the water main the house had burst and the whole underneath slab was flooded and I just knew it could never be made safe enough for me so I abandoned it um, so I went there to leave these things behind and try to move on as I recovered and I recovered with food and vitamins I tried to go see a naturopath but she was in a moldy building and my hand swelled up so I couldn't see her which the the environmental specialist at UConn told me there is only one prescription for toxic mold exposure, and that is avoid of the toxin, like any other chemical. Uh, so I started walking Tina's labyrinth to let go of all the trauma. I definitely had post-traumatic stress disorder from this. Um, I cried for six months straight, day and night, and I started to get well. So as I walked Tina's labyrinth, I was letting go of things. And then as I came around the other side, I was said, all right, I'm going to try this because Tina always encouraged me, all you have to do is ask. So I said, all right. I said, I would like all my angels and guides to come walk with me and hold my hand. And at that very moment, my body lit up with goosebumps, completely head to toe goosebumps. And I felt like they were walking with me. So um, I thought that that was an interesting experience. And um, I didn't think much about it afterwards. Um, but as I was walking last fall, I thought to myself, because I started to understand from the group that you can put some intentions out there to receive messages from spirit, if you'd like. Um, and you can set some rules that you don't want any negative energy and things like that. And that from what my understanding is they have to obey the rules. And when I say that I get goosebumps because that when I get goosebumps, people are telling the truth or I'm telling the truth. And I, this is what I understand now. I also can get some messages that are not words in my head, but I, it's like a knowing of what is trying to be conveyed to me. So I'm walking on this trail and I said, all right, I'm going to open the door a little bit. And so um, I said, okay, I'd be open to receiving some messages and feeling spirit, positive, light, energy only for good. And I didn't think anything about it after that. Well, I met another person in the mold group who was very sick like me, and I decided to reach out to this person. I'm an administrator in a support group. And I reached out to this person, and I, uh, the person said to me, can I share something with you? And I said, and I was just laying in my room quiet in the dark, and I said, sure. And he said, well, I went to see a someone who can channel and I got a message saying that I'm going to get better and he said it again he said I went to see someone who can channel spirit energy and I got a message that I'm going to get better and at that very moment I didn't see it but I could feel it it was a big ball of light energy came through my room Oh, I want to mention, too, that when I was saw Tina, she did the Tibetan healing bowl around me. And when she came to the right side, 
something left my stomach. She asked me, I'd never had this done before. She asked me, did you feel anything? And I said, yes, something left my, the side of my stomach. So as I was talking to this person on the phone, this big ball of energy came into my room and came into my stomach right where that other energy had left a few months before. And I started vibrating like an earthquake. Um, the energy was, um, uh, it was, I felt electrical. I felt positive energy and um, it was very strong energy, very, very strong. And my whole body was vibrating. It started from my stomach, extended to my legs, up my arms. And uh, just when I started to think, is this going to stop? It did. It, it receded. But the message I got was um, to this person, you have found what's making you sick. It's mold and you will heal. So I, I got a message from this energy at the same time. So I didn't know who the energy was. I was kind of wondering if there's a way you can find out who the energy is. And he sent to me a audio recording of his um, session, and it was with Dr. Peebles. And I did not know who Dr. Peebles was at all, but a lot of people in the NDE community do. He was a doctor who lived to be 100 years old. He was a naturopath physician who um, he was, uh, you know, treated like the naturopaths are nowadays. And people want to want to call them quacks or whatever. And he published a book about anti-vaccination. Um and he had indicated that he was going to come back from the other side and be able to uh, communicate. And there are people who have learned to channel this Dr. Peebles. Well, as soon as I heard that and looked him up, I said, that's exactly who that was, because it was a very strong personality. It was a very poignant, knowledgeable personality. I don't know how I can describe that I can feel the energy of this this uh, being. So um, now this is happening to me a little bit more. Um, and it's usually if someone is telling the truth, when I listen to your NDE podcast, and some people will say, oh, I saw this spirit on the other side, my body will get goosebumps if they're telling the truth. Um, and I don't control it. It's not something I can control. I've also gotten messages um, uh, um, about the health of someone's baby. Uh, and different times it's, it's occurred to me um, without me even trying. So I don't know if I'm going to pursue this um, gift. Uh, it's just kind of happening now, and uh, I don't know if I'll find a use for it in the future. Um, but it's certainly helping the friend I have who is sick from mold, because um, usually when we do talk, uh, I often get the same presence coming to me. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm not sure... Uh, this is my first time speaking about my experience, and I have two purposes. One, to, to convey my NDE to people and say, yeah, it's real. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that the minute you leave here, you're, you're, uh, you're fully awake and aware. And um, I, I 
wanted to mention a little bit about, I know you asked people if this has changed them spiritually or um, religion-wise. I was raised Catholic, and at 14, I turned away from the church. Uh, I used to go to the CCD, and I was about to be confirmed, and I didn't want to be confirmed by the priest, so I told my mother I was no longer going, and that was that. And so I went through life. I was a computer programmer for 25 years and working very hard. Um, had pretty decent experiences. Um, and uh, um, after this NDE in the third apartment, uh, I had one day where I felt like the biggest sinner on earth. And I was confessing to God every sin I had ever committed. And I have a friend, another friend in the mold group who is definitely a Bible something Christian. And um, she's been an encouragement. Um, And so I told her that and she said, well, then Lori, just do what you have to do and confess all your sins. So I did. And then about a week later, uh, I had the utter and complete terrorizing fear of God in me, and I couldn't shake it. And and people, somebody asked me, what's wrong with you? And I said, I have the fear of God in me, and uh, it won't go away. And they said, they just said, well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's something that happens, you know. And But you, you hear about this in the Bible, or people say, I had the fear of God put in me. Well, I did. I did. Uh, so I have been uh, rereading the Bible that I had read so many years ago, uh, looking at other religions. Um, I'm not going to any church or um, practicing any specific religion, but I am studying religion now because of what happened to me. It truly impacted me, uh, especially those two days where um, where I felt like a, a very big sinner and I had the fear of God in me. And uh, so, so um, this experience has changed me. Um, I'm, you know, what happened from uh, realizing what happened to me from toxic molds, I became an administrator in a group, but I also look back at my life to the day I was born. I was born into a moldy home. Did God know? Or whoever, you know, people think of God is. Uh, Did I know if I planned my own life? Did I know I was going to come be born into a moldy home? So looking back at my life, the, my great grandfather built the house in 1935 and uh, my mother was born there in 1940. And when, uh, my mother was in her 20s. She started to get a skin condition like the one I have now and didn't know what it was from. She spent 55 years trying to figure out what the skin condition was from. And now I know it's mold. So I, the basement flooded when I was about two years old. And my brother motioned me to follow him down the stairs to go look down the basement and we I followed him down the stairs and this is the, one of the first things I remember is seeing my grandmother knee deep in water getting something out of the basement and she yelled at us to run back upstairs 
No one did anything about the water in the basement. It eventually receded because it's in a high floodplain near the river. Um, subsequent to that, my parents bought a flat roof house in Massachusetts, and this is where the ghost story comes in. Uh, uh, the the house um, was moldy, and the roof collapsed in their bedroom onto their bed. And I remember opening the door and smelling the mold. I've always been able to smell mold wherever it is. Uh, the black mold people call stachybotrys smells like burnt sawdust to me. I can smell it at a certain level in the air, like that apartment I moved to when I would walk down to the basement, I could smell that smell. I smelled it all my life and I never knew what it was. Well, it's dry black mold. Um, so uh, in this particular house, strange things were happening. People were hearing footsteps. Every one of the f seven family members experienced some of this um this spirit presence. We were all watching TV one night. I was only six years old and we had, there were nine windows that did not open. They were like cemented windows in the front of the house. And the curtains came out and, and hung out from the wall about six feet out of the wall while we were all watching TV. And we all looked at my parents and they didn't say a word. <laughs> and the curtain eventually went back down to the wall. Well, my personal experience with it was I got up one morning and the dog was barking and he was going back and forth uh, toward the living room where those windows were barking and he wouldn't go in the living room. And I told my mother, I said, Mom, the dog's barking. She said, well, go see if the garbage man's out there. So I walked across the floor and I um, went to kneel down on the window ledge um, which was very low to the floor. So these were like nine giant windows. And I walked through something that felt like I was walking outside in the middle of the winter in zero degrees. I felt that cold presence go through my entire body, but I didn't know what it was. I was only six years old. And as soon as that happened, uh, I also realized that I felt an uncomfortable feeling, very not not a good feeling. And then the dog stopped barking. So we only lived there one year. And my brother and I went back there after I got well about two years ago. Um, and we were walking down the street just to visit old neighborhoods we used to live in. And uh, the owner um was outside and we started talking to him and said, Oh, I used to, we used to live here when we were kids. And, and then I got curious and I said, does anyone notice or sense anything in the home? And that's when he looked at me and said, Oh, you mean George. Hmm. And I went, my brother left and said, Oh, they gave him a name, George. Well, to me, George is not a good presence. I, I don't know, but he said that he was going to then go inside and tell his wife and his daughter that they weren't crazy um, for seeing and, and sensing some kind of spirit in that home. Uh, so, you know, as, as life progressed, um, we ended up moving back to my grandmother's home and um, when I was 13, and the mold started growing on the wall next to my bed, and my mother told me just to wash it with Lysol. So, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was two and got pneumonia, 
walk in pneumonia, it was after the basement had leaked. When there was mold on the wall next to my bed, I got strep throat. And I believed I was going to die at that time, too. I begged my, my sister to take me to the doctor for antibiotics because I'd been sick for three or four days and was just stuck in that bed and, and felt like I, you know, was really sick. So fast forward to like 2000, I moved into an apartment and the man across the hall burnt the place down, his apartment. My apartment was not damaged, but the fire company came and they poured thousands of gallons of water into the building. And I started to get sick. And by 2007, I was so sick with sinus infections. That's what I experienced every year was the sinus infection. They'd give me tons of antibiotics and it usually worked. Um, but, uh, um, so I was given five different kinds of antibiotics and none of them were working. So I said, all right, no, show me where the mold is. So I walked upstairs. I had a loft room that was up against his room and, uh, there was a dresser up against the wall and I moved the dresser and it was covered with black mold behind the dresser. Um, and I started to get the skin uh, condition at that time. And uh, I wish at that time that I had realized how dangerous and deadly mold exposure could be. I didn't. So I moved from there and the skin condition cleared up, the sinus condition cleared up. And, you know, then um, I moved again in 2013 to an apartment and the sink leaked. And I knew I was allergic to mold, so I poured a little bit of bleach under there, which you should never do. It only makes mold angrier. It doesn't kill mold. It just discolors it. Your your real cleaners that you want to use are vinegar or ammonia or um, borax. Um, these are things that you can clean mold with. But if there's any wet, porous materials such as wood or uh, drywall, they should be cut out. But most apartments don't do that. They just come fix the leak and say you're good. So I started getting the skin condition again and anxiety as well. So literally, I had over 40 symptoms and my first symptoms are my skin and anxiety. And uh, now I can look back on my whole life and see that almost every illness I had may have been caused by various mold exposures. And that's what caused me to have my NDE, Jeff. Wow, you've had a lifetime of mold exposure, and it's amazing that I've never heard of a story like yours before. And thank you for sharing. Oh, you're um, welcome. Let me go back to your NDE. So, it, you know, a lot of people go to a, a void like you went to, but it was interesting that you said it was a liquid-like void, kind of a thick, viscous, oily feeling. Thick, yeah. It was like I was breathing through this thickness. That's how I was breathing. It was, it, it was like I didn't have to breathe, but I was, I my energy was being supported somehow in this environment. It almost seems it felt like, very thick. It almost seems like the void was mi was mixed with mold. In a way. <laughs> right? It was thick and, and dark, like, That's like a good mold. That's a good, good analogy. That's a good analogy. But I think you said um, it was peaceful there, right? Uh, I was scared. Hmm. It was quiet. I was scared. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know what was happening to me. I felt fear. Hmm. Um, 
yeah, just when I started to get real scared, that's when I heard the wake up. All right. Have you had any other um, after effects from your NDE that you had to manage? Not that I know of. I, I've pretty much explained to you everything I've been sensing or feeling, um, you know, that that feeling of having one foot here and, and one foot not here for such a long time uh, was strange. It When I was in that that six month period, I kept saying nothing here matters. I kept saying to people, none of this matters. And they didn't understand what I was saying. And I was just I knew nothing, nothing mattered here. Um, you know, um, it just felt like the, that I was an alien on earth and I wanted to go home and I knew home was not here. How, this planet felt alien to me when I was driving. I felt like I was driving to nowhere. How about your views on death now? Do you not fear death anymore? Um, no, I don't, uh, have a fear of death. Um, I have heard so many of the positive stories, which are encouraging. Um, but I've also heard and talked to, oh, that's another interesting thing. I can't, won't mention his name, but there's another famous NDE person that I emailed right after my experience. And, uh, and he's become religious. And, uh, um, because he had a hellish experience, uh, which I believe you know, it says there's a hell in the Bible. I'm not one to say there isn't. So, so many of these people that experience the light and the pleasant experience want to say that the other side doesn't exist, but I don't believe that. Um, so I emailed this person to speak to him and, um, and his response to me was, it sounds like you've got a great mold ministry going, Lori. He said, uh, I tried to start a, a parsonage in rural Ohio. And the home we were living in was moldy and made my wife sick and we had to move. Mm. So everyone I've talked to, because I do tell my experience to everyone, has a mold story, believe it or not. Mm. If you go into buildings and you look up at the ceiling, you'll see water stains. You'll see black coming out of the HVAC fence. Mm. I can't go into those buildings. When I go in the produce section of the grocery store, because there's, moldy vegetables there my face burns um and we become super sensitive to mold super sensitive to chemicals and super sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies mm, um yeah i had a lot of symptoms that um recently i went to look at a an apartment and i went to look at it three times and uh I hadn't had this experience happen to me for quite a while, but um, I realized that I was standing on floorboards that had been replaced where there was an air conditioner slot in the wall and the floorboard moved a little bit. And I looked down and I said, oh my goodness, these have been replaced. Well, as soon as I disturbed that floorboard, the mold spores flew up at me and my left and ring finger tingle, zap. Um, and I stood there with the person showing me the apartment. I said, oh my goodness. And he said, what? And I said, it would be a very long story, but thank you and no thank you. I can't have this apartment. Some so, people are allergic to things like nuts or peanuts or whatever, which can turn out to well, be deadly the for them. And I was saying, maybe for you, you're just super hypersensitive to mold. Well, people, um, people understand peanut allergies. Doctors mm -hmm. understand peanut allergies and that it can kill you. But no doctor, no uh 
Western medical practitioner except environmental specialists believe that mold can be toxic to you. And uh, in this support group I'm in, we went from 16,000 members in 2017 to 30,000 members. And the new members I admit every day, most of them are coming from Texas, your state where the water pipes burst and they're now getting mold in their homes and they're getting sick from it. One quarter of the population is susceptible to mold illness. One quarter, mostly women, about 80% women. There is a doctor that did some research on it, and um, he was the one who developed those blood tests that I took and uh, has come up with a sort of a, a protocol to heal from mold. Uh, but that view is, is also not widely accepted by mainstream medical. I know here in Texas, you're right. Mold is a big deal here. And when you're buying property now, insurance won't cover mold or something anymore because you, you know, have to add a rider onto your yeah, policy. Um, I had the insurance cover mold in my, in my mobile home. Mm -hmm. uh, they actually gave me money uh, for the damage and the mold repair. But um, uh, I knew that place could never be made safe enough for me. So I turned the check over to the mortgage company and said, I'm, I'm walking away. Mm. Um, so you can you can add a rider onto your policy. I've learned so much about mold in um, the past three years, more than I ever wanted to know. And I've also learned so much about healing. There's a doctor in Texas called Dr. Margaret Christensen for your viewers. And on April 26, she's going to be hosting the Toxic Mold Summit where she interviews all the naturopathic doctors who were doctors until they got sick from mold, were, were regular doctors until many of them got sick from mold they had their own story and they became naturopaths to heal themselves um so she runs a week-long free summit it's called the toxic mold summit if you search it you can find it and she gives you all the tips about what you need to do as far as um from getting rid of the mold in your home to healing yourself all right well, and she's an awesome doctor while we're talking about mold do you want to give the um facebook groups um if people want to join them or any other information about sure mold? sure if people are looking for help they can email me at laurieblinn at yahoo.com that's l-a-u-r-i-e-b-l-i-n-n at yahoo.com and the toxic mold support group on Facebook. It's just called Toxic Mold Support Group. You have to answer three questions to join um, because we don't allow soliciting from anyone. Um, and uh, there's another foundation. So what I've decided, Jeff, my purpose now is to be a mold advocate. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this interview with you. Um, I have right now currently in my state, I have two laws in uh in this current session that have been referred to the public health committee on uh, removing moldy materials in schools. Um, I, um, I am also doing some other um, advocate work and I believe that every little bit of raising awareness helps. So this other group is called the foundation for toxic mold awareness mm. on Facebook. Okay, great. All right. Well, before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah. Um, I think after all of this has happened to me and I've met a lot of other wonderful people, um, I think the biggest thing is that we need to uh, 
just be the light and, and show the love for others while we're here and really care about each other. Um, and to me, that's the biggest thing that, that really matters. Yeah, that's a great message. All right, Lori. Well, thanks a lot for being my guest. I really appreciate you and have a great evening. Okay. Thank you so much, Jeff. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.